0: We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020,
1: a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else to get your podcast At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. Hey, y'all. So we recorded these episodes before the news about COVID-19 broke. We wanted to let you know that we are here for you. And we hope that these episodes can bring you a little bit of joy and escape in these uncertain times.
0: A large part about dating, if you're dating with a purpose, is dating someone who parents like you. Dead ass.
1: So you had the foresight to know that I was going to be a good mom. Yes, I did. So why you be questioning me sometimes when I... Parent a certain kind of way.
0: Because I don't want you to be good. I want you to be great.
1: All right. I'll take that. Dead ass. Hey, I'm kadine
0: And I'm DeVal.
1: And we're the Ellises.
0: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
1: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
0: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married.
0: Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics.
1: Things most folks
0: don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. One hundred. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we're about to take talk to a whole new level.
1: Deadass starts now.
0: So this story time is, is it's almost like I'm telling two stories at once because I remember being this age when my mom was doing the same thing to me that you were doing to Jackson.
1: Oh, boy.
0: I walk in the house, this was two weeks ago, and Jackson had some homework that he needed to do. Now, granted, Jackson is is extremely smart. He loves mathematics. He hates to read. And- Jackson, when it comes down to his reading, comprehension, and his writing skills, he rushes. Because with math, he can do equations in his head. So he just rushes through the math. With the reading, he just puts down whatever the answers. And then Kadeen ends up going over his homework on days where I'm not there. Now, typically, I go over Jackson's homework. That's our thing. So I walk in the door. I just seen Jackson's face. And he he's about to cry. And his eyes are wide open. And I see Kadeen's hand going fast, fast, fast. And I see eraser clippings all over the place. Kadine done erased the boy whole comprehension. The, the, the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole paper away. And then Kadine says, this, this is not good. This is not good. She got the mom face and the tight lips. She's. This is not good. This is unacceptable, <laughs> Jackson. Did you read the paragraph? Did you read the paragraph? And Jackson's like, yes, I did read the paragraph. So she's like, read it again, out loud. So then Jackson now is annoyed. The TV is still on because Kadeen had the TV on. She's trying to balance the other two boys and she's trying to finish work for her blog. So she's short because she's trying to get her stuff done and she's trying to help him with the homework.
1: And you left me. So
0: I left you, I went to the gym. I was going for <laughs> an hour. I didn't expect all this stuff to, to happen while I was going in and out. Right. So I come back and all this is going on. So she kept asking Jackson the same question. Jackson is peeking out his left side of his face because he was trying to see what's on TV. I just jumped in. And I said, hey, babe, you know what? Let me do you a favor. I'm going to grab Jackson. I'm going to take him away because the TV's distracting him. I'm going to pull him away. And she looked at me with the deaf stare. And I was like, no, finish your blog. You got stuff to finish your blog. I grabbed Jackson. I walked him over to the dining room table. And I said, you okay? And he was just like, yeah, man. You know, mom's always screaming at me. And I said, yo, listen, your mom tells you all the time how to do your homework. When you rush it, you're going to get in trouble. Don't listen to how she's saying it. Listen to what she's saying.
1: Did you really say that? I did. You had my back. Thank you. I had your back. United front.
0: I had your back. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, okay, but she's crazy. (laughs) And I said (laughs) I bet he whispered that. Oh, he definitely whispered. Uh Uh-huh. And I whispered, (laughs) I'll be crazy now,
1: but thank me later when you are a writing extraordinaire, putting apostrophes where they should be, capitals where they should be, punctuation and grammar on point. How about that? See me then.
0: Triple, can you play the music? Can we get to karaoke time, please? Because she's about to put me on a grammar lesson. This song is dedicated to my boys, Jackson, Cairo, and Kaz. This is the song I sing with them on our way to school every morning. Three, two, one, hit it.
1: Oh my goodness. You just can't this is their song. She want to
0: ride me like a cruise, and I'm not trying to
1: lose. Hey. You left in the dust. dust, and you stopped by her. <laughs> you a sunflower. sunflower. I better be. Never, hey. never be too much. Cause you know, it's going to be leaving me no dust and whatever. I'm not
0: leaving you All in right? the dust. All right, because baby. sometimes
1: so- I feel like the only girl in the house, y'all be leaving me in the dust because y'all be having y'all little like guy things.
0: I can't even get through the song without being <laughs> accused of something. I'm trying to sing Sunflower to her. And she here, you ain't going to leave me in no dust. And then the Sunflower, and I'm here by myself. I'm just trying to, I can't even finish the I mean, the I'm not karaoke. complaining,
1: though, because then your next thing is going to be like, we can change that. Because I, I knew even, where this was going. I didn't
0: even get to finish my karaoke, guys. But since right, we're here, if you ahead. wanted a, another you girl want? in the house, no, no, I no. can make that happen. You <laughs> no. can make that happen. Ten no, months no. this should she'll be here.
1: No, no, no. We're Looking just good. like me. We're all good. Now I'll be losing more hair. Wah! Wah. Looking just like you. Looking just
0: like me. <laughs> That's kind
1: of scary for a second because I looked over you and I saw your goatee and your mustache, and I'm like, yikes. She
0: would have a goatee and a mustache and long, beautiful hair. <laughs> looked just like her daddy. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. Hot mess. <laughs> so, yeah, today we're talking about like our kids and whatnot. Yes. how parenting and parenting styles kind of may differ. Does it differ if you're parenting a boy versus a girl which we don't really can't speak to the girl situation. We did though um, on a different episode with yes. the Tank the tankslees. No, they yes. had boys too. They boys we need too. to bring somebody with girls in here. Yes. I had to, or I had we to can just make a girl
0: up. and then have some more to talk about.
1: Or maybe not. Uh, hmm. But yeah, you know, sometimes your kids act up. They act crazy and you want to yes. handle it one way and then your partner may have other ideas on how they should handle it. So we're talking about how we negotiate different things, parenting styles, Um, who tends to be the good cop or the bad cop in the household, you know, how do you deal with kids with different personalities and discipline because there is no real one way to parent, especially when you have multiple children. Right. So um, we're just going to unpack some of that today. So your story is funny to me because...
0: (laughs) Well, can we start before the story?
1: Before the story? I think I had... Let's start before the story. All right.
0: So as you guys know, we have three beautiful boys. We have Jackson, the fearless leader. He's the firstborn. He's going to be nine...
1: Daddy's he's the, shadow.
0: the most sensitive of the three.
1: He is. Um, the
0: most nurturing.
1: Very empathetic. Compassionate. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Thinks yeah. he's a little manipulator when he's ready. When he's but ready I can see game. through those little eyes. Yeah. His eyes look just like mine. Zabar. They do. I won they that win. contest. He, you, Jackson you won, has his eyes. For sure. Then there's Cairo. The, Cairo the Roro is show. The Roro show. Cairo is three going on. Thirteen, yes. <laughs> like I always say, he is just a big boy. He is a free spirit. I mean, he pretty much
0: grew up in front of everyone's eyes because he, he was did. literally born on Instagram. <laughs> he loves the camera. <laughs> he does very, very creative.
1: Very, very independent too.
0: Very independent. He's like taught
1: himself to dress himself. He's a super like a sponge. He's learning yes. so much now. And then there's my Cassie.
0: Yes, he's Kaz the, baby. the Great.
1: Well, Kaz Hendrix, he was Kaz actually Hendrix. born he on born Kaz on, on uh, Jimmy Hendrix's birthday. Yeah, was
0: Jimmy Hendrix. I don't birthday. know if y'all
1: know, but all three of our boys, their middle names are after um, musicians. musicians that we love. So yeah,
0: Carter, Sean Carter, Jackson Carter after Jay Z, and then uh, Shakur, for right? Tupac Shakur for there you Cairo, go. And, and then we have Kaz. And now Kaz, Kaz is funny Hendrix. because Kaz of all of all of the three boys was the only one that was not planned. Mm-hmm. Kaz came immediately after Cairo. Yeah. He was the oops baby. Uh huh. Kaz is the feistiest he is the of feisty. all of our boys. Okay,
1: let me tell you, Kaz is like, I may be the baby of the family, but Temporary. I'm packing some power behind these punches over here, okay? He
0: punches, he kicks, he hits, he screams, he slams. <laughs> his famous word is
1: No! No! And you have to see his face. It's like, No!
0: That's how he says it.
1: But then he's like good for some cuddles at night. And a great, he has a great smile. He does. He
0: looks the most like me. And he
1: loves his brothers.
0: And he hates the camera. Yep. If you didn't notice. If
1: you ever wonder why.
0: Kaz does not like to be in the vlogs or on Instagram. i pull the camera out. Cass straight stone face.
1: Kaz is out. So
0: turn and run away. <laughs> so I respect that. As a, as a parent, sure. he doesn't want to be in front of the camera. I respect that. Yeah, we recently
1: did some family portraits, like black and white shots to try to capture everyone's personality. <laughs> I started to post them as my MCM, my Man Crush Mondays. Yeah. So I already posted Jackson's... Um, Cairo and then Kaz will probably be up by the time you guys hear this. But I wanted to try to get a picture that captures their personality. And I think Kaz frowned in every picture (laughs) because he he was like, I can't believe y'all have me doing this. He's like, how did I get here with this family? So those are our three boys if you don't know.
0: I always knew growing up that Mm -hmm. I wanted to marry a woman that was a great mom Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because I have a great mom. Mm -hmm. And I have great aunts. And I have great grandmothers. Mm -hmm. So I just knew I had to marry a woman that was going to personify that love that I got from all of these beautiful black women my whole life. Mm -hmm. So when I was dating, I was like, I got to find someone who has a nurturing quality, who's smart, um, who's disciplined in their own right. Because all of the women in my life have been disciplined. So I met you. And I'm telling you right now, one of the things that drew me to you was your relationship with your brother and your sister. Ah, being the oldest. Yes, being the oldest, because I'm the oldest as well. Yeah. And there's 10 years between you and Sakari, uh, five years between you and Tristan. And I saw how deliberate you were with making sure they were always okay, but also telling them the real when they needed to be told the real. And I was like, yo, this... Right here is 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 a great example because my mom is the oldest, mm-hmm. and that is my mother. My mother will tell me and my brother and my sister exactly how it is, where we need to go and how we need to get there. If we're not doing it the right way, but she also has her way of being nurturing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not the most affectionate person, mm-hmm. but my mom has her way of being nurturing. So, you know, when I was dating and. Thinking about marriage, you you definitely crossed that oh, out. check. check well, that thanks. box for you. I
1: mean, I think I, I definitely felt that responsibility being the oldest. Um, I kind of inadvertently became like the the second mom in the household too. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely have like a nurturing spirit a nurturing way. Um, my brother and my sister. Shout out to Tristan and Sakari. <laughs> uh, we have a very super ridiculously um, strangely close relationship. That's
0: yeah, weird, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: What's weird about it?
0: Y'all, y'all, like, weirdly close. We
1: are, yeah. We're like yeah. for siblings. Like, there's no, like, rivalry. There's no fighting. There's mm-hmm. no anything. I mean, naturally, we disagree on things. And I think we have, like, created a safe space between the three of us and DeVal now that he's kind of been adopted into the family. Um,
0: Sometimes I'm adopted. So- they went and got tattoos, all of them together. <laughs> Of the three little birds And did I wasn't included Do I still feeling
1: some kind of way and About our three little yeah. birds If y'all haven't seen the tattoo yet Go to my Instagram page You're gonna see a nice Black and white photograph Taken by our good friend Joshua Dwayne where are the three little birds But we yeah. did tell DeVal That he can opt to be the branch That holds up the three Man, birds I don't
0: wanna be No dry branch on y'all <laughs> Y'all tree On y'all wrists Get out of here I'm a...
1: But she would uplift us In so many ways Look, I'm gonna show Are we taking video? So you can see The three little birds So we can totally draw in Like a branch Underneath there that
0: nah, we, son. we love
1: to perch on for support, nah. babe. Consider nah, it. Son. I think you should consider nah,
0: it. I ain't no burst. So I'm a lion.
1: <laughs> but my King mom, of the jungle. my mom did give me a lot of responsibility because my mother, too, was the oldest of six. Mm-hmm. So she also, too, felt like, you know, the responsibility was on me to, of course, set a good example, yes. to kind of be the, the eyes and ears when she wasn't around. Right. And, of course, to take care of my brother and my sister, which I still pride myself on doing to this day. You know, sometimes loving them from a distance when I feel like they need the tough love to mm-hmm. figure things out on their own. And, you don't
0: give them a lot of distance. Um,
1: We have a good chat. And you chat, can be bossy. I, I can be. I can be. <laughs> like but it's your coming mother. from a good place.
0: Like your mother.
1: Just like with Jackson and his homework situation. It's always coming from a good place. So
0: tell me what was going on so, with that, with you, you and Jackson in the homework.
1: So, kind of, okay, so you gave your what you walked into, of course. Um, Prior to that, naturally, you're going to the gym. So it's like, I'm trying to make dinner. I'm trying to finish my blog. Chiron calves are running around, um, trying to keep them occupied. Jackson finishes his homework. Mm -hmm. And I I knew something was wrong when Jackson ran upstairs. I'm going to do my homework, mom. Okay, great. And I don't even think I finished cleaning the chicken yet before he was Mm -hmm. back downstairs, like he was done. He might have been gone for like eight minutes. That boy's smart. So I said, <laughs> "So I said, Jackson, what? <laughs> how much homework did you have tonight? What did you do?" Oh, I had math and I had reading comprehension. So already, I knew in my mind I was prepared for mm-hmm. reading comprehension because, like Daval said, Jackson's stellar in math. He's like off the charts. Reading comprehension, though, has been a little bit of a struggle. He brings the paper down to me. Totally, just like breezed past it. Wrote very vague answers. His handwriting was a little sloppyish, like Sounds he was like just Jackson. trying to get it done. And it's not that he doesn't know; he has every ability. He just, like you said, Deval, I don't know because you claim this is like a boy thing, but I be knowing he literally rushed through the homework and just yeah. didn't take his time. And yeah. I know that he has the ability to do better. Yes. So I feel like, as a mother, as a parent, I would be remiss if I did not. Then sit down with him and say, Jackson, reread it. The minute I ask him to reread it or the minute I take out the eraser to erase, he wants to try to catch an attitude. I don't deal well with attitudes, especially from that. these little children. I know that. Okay? Yes. That I grew. Yes. And birthed. Yes. And raised. And yes. live in my house for you to call yourself having an attitude at eight yes. years old. It just is not going to work. Yes. My face is getting tight just thinking hear, about
0: I it. I hear it and I see it. And okay. I'm your face nervous. is getting
1: tight for me. I see you. Yes. It's getting so, tight, what we're yes. not going to do in my house is for me to be providing you with everything and more that you need in your life and you can't do what you're supposed to do. Like, you have homework to do. That's, that's your job. You I go to you. school. I got you. Do you do your homework. And that's why, usually, once homework is done, if I feel like he needs a little bit more challenge or if I need to follow up on something that he has. Issues with. I have a ton of different books that I have him working on and stuff. So it's just a matter of him being lazy in that moment. So speaking to him very nicely, Jackson, I think you need to reread this paragraph because question number one and number two. Was it nicely? No, I did initially. It was just like, I think you need to reread this. I'm going to erase it. But where things went awry for me Uh was when I got the, "Ah, but I did it already, but I read it already. And then there's just Mm -hmm. this attitude and the body language. Mm -hmm. And that's when my octave drops a bit. Uh huh. And I have to slow down and articulate. Okay. And then my face does the things that you say my face has been doing. Okay. So, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a respect thing. It's, um, yes. yeah. you know, it, I don't deal with, with the attitudes, like I said, but it's also mm-hmm. me trying to say, you know what? I understand he's eight. He's going to want to rush through things. He may not be that into reading comprehension. He has his favorite subject with uh-huh. his math. Math, it's cool. But this is something we're going to have to work at because I know he has the ability. It's not that he doesn't understand it or doesn't get it. He's just not taking the time to do it. And that's why I purposely got him a desk in his room, sit in your room. So you're away from distraction. He has no television in his room, no devices that he can get on. And that's where he should be for at least 20 minutes to a half an hour to do his reading that he's supposed to do. That's the extra reading on top of the homework.
0: So can, can so you I, can I in interject to- now? Or you are you still going? I, you can still go if you. Took, I know you get very well, you passionate. Came, you
1: came into him about, and then the minute he sees yes. you, of course, then the waterworks start. You know, in his eyes, because he kind of feels yeah. like I have an alliance with Daddy. Yeah. So then I and become no, the bad cop. Alliance. It's not then an alliance. Then I become alli- the bad cop, and yeah. Daddy comes becomes the good cop. It happens a lot. But go ahead, whatever you, you was going to say.
0: Are you done? Can I interject?
1: I'll take a breather. I'll take a sip of All my right.
0: tea. Sip your tea. Okay. So this, this is this is a number of things here. All right. The first thing is. You're absolutely right in your assessment of what Jackson goes through. Mm -hmm. But your approach in dealing with Jackson is not always 100% correct. Okay. I tell you this. Your brother and your sister tell you this. Your mother tell you this. Don't
1: try to use my brother and my sister against me now. (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm going to tell you, your idea of I nicely said is not always everybody else's idea of nicely said. (laughs) Jackson brings down the homework. You read it. Pull out the pencil and just start erasing all his work while lecturing him about what he didn't do. It's not how you approach an eight-year-old.
1: Okay. Think about it. I'll listen to it. Think about it. Go ahead.
0: And the reason why I'm saying this is because my mom used to do the same exact thing to me.
1: So you have a little PTSD from that. You're like, I do have PTSD
0: because y'all crazy. (laughs) Mothers be crazy. Y'all think that since y'all grew us and birthed us, y'all can just... Do whatever y'all want to do and say whatever y'all want to say to us, and we got to take it. When the bottom line is, we don't like we're people. He's a person.
1: I get he's a person, but at eight years old, well,
0: because you have to you have to teach him how to go through the process. All right, I think so mothers let me know. mothers expect right, and my mom was like this. My, I would get a I would get an assignment. I would do the assignment to the best of my ability at eight. My mother would completely tear apart the whole assignment, redo it with me. I would go into class and then my teacher would say, tell your mom she did a great job Mm. because y'all want it to be done to the standard that y'all expect, but y'all forget that he's eight and he's a boy. So there's a process. It's still the middle of the school year. He may not be perfect in doing the homework assignment, but he's working towards perfection by the end of the year. So if there are mistakes, you don't just erase everything and tell him to do it again. Let's ask him a question. For example, when he comes to me and his homework is looking trashed because I know he rushed it because he got to go to the Mamba Academy and because he wants to get on his laptop, I don't just take the pencil out and erase it. I go, Jackson, do you think this is acceptable? And then now it's put the ball in his court. So now he's looking because he's like, something must be wrong because dad is talking to me about it. So then he's just looking. And if if he rushed through and said, yeah, I think it's acceptable, then I'll say, well, I'm going to tell you why it's not acceptable. But then sometimes he'll honestly look at it and he'll be like, nah, I rushed. And I'll be like, why'd you rush? Because the lesson really isn't in the homework. The lesson is how he gets the homework done. And I know for women, it's different when you're raising boys because you guys were never boys. As a boy... I have a little bit of, you know, idea of what it's like to be a boy. You
1: <laughs> have a little bit of
0: an idea? A little bit of an idea. I know a little <laughs> bit about it.
1: Been there before, but huh?
0: We don't we don't like to be attacked, and we don't like our creativity to just be torn apart. And a lot of times what moms do, y'all take whatever else is going on in the house, and then you whatever the kid is doing at that moment, you put all that pressure on him. You had a lot going on. You had your blog you was trying to do, you had the other two kids, and I wasn't there. So you were probably upset about a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on that you just unloaded on him. Because my mom used to do that to me all the time. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is it's not fair to him at eight years old.
1: That's true. I get that because you're absolutely right about that. And It's funny. I saw recently on, um, I forget what page it was, one of those mom pages that I follow. But someone had said the same thing. And it was like, there was like an honest mom moment. And Mm -hmm. in that honest mom moment, she said... um, you know, in the mornings when I'm getting ready with the kids, I know that I snap at them and I don't start their day off well. Right. And with good energy, and I know that I'm responsible for that because I can alleviate all this by getting up 15-20 minutes earlier. Exactly. And that, kind of, that that kind of stuck with me. That yeah. definitely stuck with me because I said, "Wow, that's definitely how I felt some mornings or even just trying to get out the house with multiple children sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh my god, like I have so many things going on right now that I need to get done. We need to yep. go somewhere, we need to do" something or things have to get done, and it's how am I going to juggle and balance all that at one time. So that that spoke to me. I also saw a meme that spoke to me that was kind of like the two-sided one, just like how I thought I said something and how everybody else yes. thought I said it. And I'm just like, I didn't sound... I think my voice sometimes, too, is intimidating because it carries a bit and it can be a bit... That's not bit. your
0: voice being intimidating. You be barking at people and snapping at people. I, not,
1: oh, that's not true to me. I don't do that all the time. I don't. Sometimes I really try to make a conscious effort, especially with the children, because you've told me before that Jackson feels like sometimes I get on him. So I really do. Don't <laughs> don't make fun of me. I really do try to make a conscious effort to say, you know what, let me try to speak nicely in this moment and still it's taken out of context. So I feel like I can't win either way. Can
0: I can I be honest? Can I Go be ahead. honest? Listen, you get pregnant, right? Everyone dotes on you. Kadeem can do and say whatever she wants because she's pregnant. Right. Right, is right. That, That's what that's what yeah. women are told You uh-huh. do whatever you want She lashes out If she's upset If she's angry You deal with it It's because the hormones It's the hormones uh-huh. And you're taught You got to deal with it Because that's how she is So you've become Used to being in this space Where you can constantly Do and say whatever you want Because that's the hormones It's the kids I'm tired Then once the baby get here It's just, I don't sleep Because it's so Women are taught And you've been taught this That it's okay to just be that way Me as a dad From the time you were pregnant You know what I've been told By everybody Be patient let her say what she wants, let her say how she feels, let her do this. For 10 months before the kids got here, I had to practice that patience in order to exist in my house. So you know what happens? When the kids get here, I've already practiced that patience so you're for a pro, 10 months. Pretty much. Not that I'm a pro, but what happens <laughs> you're is a pro at this patience no, thing. But listen, I'm being honest. Once you get accustomed to not reacting but responding mm-hmm. to someone because they are going through something. Because what you're going through is not something that you just brush aside. Being pregnant and being hormonal is real.
1: Absolutely. So
0: when you do have a, a moment where you lash out or you don't do something right away, I do have to learn to take it in. I've approached our children with the same type of patience.
1: Hmm. Interesting. And, and I
0: remember hearing that. No one ever told you that as a as a mom?
1: I mean, you mean from the perspective as a guy, like learning patience and whatnot? No, no, as a
0: perspective of like, like, I remember my dad and men saying that to me. Like, as a dad, you have to be patient. And you learn that through pregnancy. Right. And you translate that and transfer that to your kids. I don't know what, what's said from women to women about Well, I don't
1: know about women to women. I mean, I I didn't get that per se from like the women uh, in my family. I mean, yes, naturally they're gonna let you know like it's it's gonna be a lot. You're gonna be right. tired, you know, you're gonna have to, yes, exercise patience and whatnot. But sometimes too, maybe just the emotions get in my way. You know, I can't mm-hmm. speak for every other woman, but sometimes the emotions must get in my way and I just get a little high strung, you know, and I won't I I won't say that you're not telling the truth with that. It's true, but I also see a lot of like, for example, your dad. I mm-hmm. even see how he deals with things you a lot. See, right? And I see how he will Like, lower his voice, and he'll speak through things. Even with the grandkids. Like, if it's Jackson or or one of the other kids does something, he'll, like, bring it down, and he'll speak with them very quietly. I notice you do that with the kids. That's something you've probably seen or experienced with your father. I didn't experience that in my household. I grew up in a West Indian household with my mom. (laughs) My dad was actually very, like, more soft-spoken and quiet. More passive. My mom, though... She used to, like, light us up and not even light us up in, in terms of, like, you know, corporal punishment. But my mom used to just, like, Screening, she used to and scream and holler. And that that was her way <laughs> of getting across. Like, she would get frustrated. That's what I experienced as a child. Now, what I should do as an adult now, knowing how that made me feel as a child. Exactly. I should... Should yeah. <laughs> be the word. I should be able to say, you know what? I didn't like that as a kid. That's what I experienced because my brother will talk about it to this day. How my mother used to, yeah. Be. And I, and especially as a boy, as it's a funny. Boy, yes. he, he's he notices it more as a boy, and I noticed that he said it more as the only boy. How my mom has reacted to certain things and how much he still it still kind of affects him to this day. And yes, I should and I try to make sure that I'm not doing the same things. But I'm telling you, it's just it's just some moments get away from me. They do get away from me, but what I do appreciate about what you did, especially with this story time situation, was that you didn't, in front of me, kind of belittle me or make me feel as if I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Right, because it's not necessary. You you dropped
1: down to your dad's voice. I did. We we affectionately affectionately called the vows dad scoop. So (laughs) you you dropped into the scoop voice and you said, "Hey, let me finish with Jackson, and you can finish doing this because you got a lot going on." Part of me was a little bit like,
0: "Oh, you, you, don't, was, don't, I know, I saw Don't you.
1: intervene because I'm having a moment with Jackson, but I did need the help. So I appreciated you tagging me in as my partner and as my parenting partner. Right. Knowing and seeing that I was a little stressed in that situation. Jackson was starting to get frazzled. Um, and then you kind of took him away so you can deal with that. And then Jackson and I had a conversation after. Of course. He and I. Because we always make sure that we do that. Even if we're teaching a lesson, disciplining, whatever.
0: And I trust you. It requires
1: you a conversation As after. a parent. But you know what's funny? I feel like we have like a really... Now that I'm looking at it from mm-hmm. this perspective, but I never really looked at us as like parents from the outside in. Right. We do have a really good balance. I yeah. say that because sometimes if I'm in the middle of doing something, for example, with Cairo, mm-hmm. Cairo might have done something crazy. What's something wild that he's done recently? Like, I don't
0: know if you want to tell that story.
1: Oh, God, which one? In our one? room. Yes.
0: When, okay. So, yes, we have, can tell this story I about will tell Cairo. The story. All
1: right. So, Cairo has been potty trained for over a year now, yes. at least. He, yes, over a year. He's three over and a year. half. So he's been potty trained for like over a year and a half now because he potty trained around two-ish.
0: Right.
1: All right. I go upstairs the other day and I smell poop. So I'm like, all right. So I'm chasing Kaz around, but I'm like, that's not Kaz. Right. I get closer to our bedroom. I open the door. There's a little poop turd on the floor, on the on carpet, the in our bedroom.
0: So... I get a I get a phone call. I'm so, downstairs. I don't even she don't even scream. She and phone I'm just calls like,
1: me. What? So this is like one of those moments as a parent where you're like, let me just FaceTime my husband and show him this shit on the floor. Literally, let me show like, him this shit. You don't know what to say, because it's like you're you're, you're you're confused, you're you're mad, you're I didn't laughing. This, I didn't think this shit was fun at all. Literally. Literally. <laughs> so <laughs> I am just like, literally. why is this shit on the floor? So then I go back and I check Kaz real quick while I'm like telling the what's going on. Kaz still has on a full onesie with his pamper on. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, he didn't shit and put his his pamper back (laughs) on, okay? Then I was like, Jackson just wouldn't do that. Jackson
0: would not do that.
1: So who's left but Cairo, right? So I find Cairo, and I'm like, Cairo, did you poop on the floor? No, it was Kazzy. Like that fast? That That quick, this little Negro is lying to my face. Right. That quick, it was Kazzy.
0: So I now, said, Cairo,
1: did you poop on the floor? So then DeVal's coming down the hallway. So, as Cairo's looking at me, which he's clearly lying, and he's looking a little flustered, I see him looking out the side of his eye. And he once sees DeVal see coming, coming.
0: They know it's a problem. So,
1: DeVal was now becoming the bad cop. I had to
0: be the bad cop.
1: So, when Daddy came and down the hallway, then what?
0: Because because also, we I still believe in corporal punishment. When the time is necessary. Like we don't beat them with belts. We don't hit them with slippers and stuff like that. But I'll give them a little pop when I feel like there's something that's going to endanger them or something they need to learn. So and that's very rare, but it happens once in a while. For example, Cairo used to like to run into the street. So one day I let him just walk and I watched him as he was about to walk into the street and I popped him right on his hand. And then he, he touched his hand and he looked at me and I said, I told you not to look walk into the street. And from that point on, he realized like, oh, he's not playing. When he drops his voice down and he tells me things over oh, and over, he's not playing and it could hurt. And I'd rather give him that little bit of pain that he can recover from rather than him run out in the middle of New York Avenue and get hit by the B-44. So Cairo, earlier that day, was just looking for attention. He's the middle child. Jackson's the oldest. He and Me and Jackson have a very special relationship because we go to Mamba Academy. He does jiu-jitsu. And um, Kaz is Mimi's baby. So Kaz always up under Mimi. She coddles Mimi. And I try as much as I can to bring Kyra with me and Jackson. But sometimes Jackson needs his own time. And I think this was one of the days. It was Wednesday. Kyra, Jackson was going to jujitsu, jitsu So Cairo seemed a little upset. And he was throwing himself on the floor. And he was just knocking stuff over. Just seeming like he wanted attention. And when I got upstairs, it hit me that that's what this was about. So at the time, he was getting the attention he wanted. Mimi was in there. Kadeen is in there. Jackson's laughing. Kaz is running around. So everybody's in there wondering who pooped on the floor. And I'm realizing, like, Cairo is enjoying all of this. He realized that now, for once in his life today, everyone's paying attention to something he did. So I asked everybody. (laughs) And then he blames
1: Kaz Then he blames Kaz. Easy. (laughs) When you saw it, it was trouble.
0: Cairo, who did this? Kazzy. Kazzy did this. Kazzy. So... (laughs) I tell everybody to leave the room because I didn't want it to be an embarrassment thing. And I asked him, I said, you know, Ellisman always do what? And he says, tell the truth, because that's what me and Jackson always say. Cairo doesn't really understand the idea of telling the truth, but he knows the words. So I was like, listen, who made the poop on floor?" And he said, me. And I said, why? He said, I don't know. I don't know. I already knew why. I know he doesn't know how to articulate it, but... I said, this is unacceptable. And the fact that you lied about it is even worse. So I popped him a little bit, you know, gave him two little pops. And the sad thing is, is your boy took the pops <coughs> like a champ. Like I popped him, <laughs> pop, pop. He didn't even cry. He looked at me.
1: Not phased. And
0: I'm like, I'm not in the business of hurting my children. And I said, do you understand why you got that pop? And he was just like, yes, daddy. I said, now go down to the hallway and get, get ready for bed and go get in the shower. So he, he walked down the hallway, took his pops like a champ, walked down the hallway and in those moments i'm always the bad guy because kadine does not she doesn't hit them she's not into the whole corporal punishment thing uh we agree to disagree on that at times but i feel like as the father of three black boys i'd rather discipline my boys rather than have the law or law enforcement discipline them because and that's that type where I of agree discipline with you, for sure can lead with you in jail or in a body bag so I try to make sure that my boys know how to respect authority and stay in line. And one thing Kadeen and I never do when when we're in front of each other is disagree with each other in front of the children. If it's a time for corporal punishment and I ask her to leave, she'll leave the room. If she believes it's something that she needs to do and I ask and I realize in her face, I can tell in her eyes when she's serious. I'm like, you know what? Let me let her deal with this. And then after, when the kids are gone... We'll have these discussions and I'll be like, hey, why did you think that was appropriate? Or she'll say to me about why did you think he needed to be popped? And we'll have that discussion as parents. For sure.
1: Absolutely. You'll sometimes say to me or I'll say to you man, do you think that I should have done this a certain kind of way? Or did I handle yeah. that well? Oh, absolutely. You know, just to kind of get some feedback sometimes. Right. I appreciate that we can have the conversation after the fact. Because like that moment with the poop, I probably would have picked it up and kept it moving like it was right. no big deal. Whereas the valve felt it was a need to teach a lesson in that moment. And though I kind of felt like it was a bit harsh... At that time, mm-hmm. he was adamant about it. So, usually, if either of us are adamant about something, we'll kind of right. let them rock. And then we'll have the conversation after. Yeah. And, and I think that with every area of our relationship, because we talk about a lot about us as you know a married couple, mm-hmm. about indi- being individuals and being business partners. In being parents, we have to also allow ourselves grace. We talk right. about that a lot. So, um, I think it was very necessary for me to kind of step back and say, you know what? DeVal was once a boy, <laughs> you yes. know, he's coming from a place of experience that I don't necessarily know growing up as a boy. right? So I also appreciate the fact that, like you said earlier, you found someone who you felt like would be a great mom, a great nurturer, would take care of your home and your children. I feel like I found that in you. Mm-hmm. Seeing the man that you were and knowing the potential that you had even when we met at 18 years old and seeing the man you've become, I would love for our boys to be you know, a fraction of who you that. are. No, for sure. That. And and you know, we joke a lot on the show, but you know, I love you, and mm-hmm. I totally look at the man that you are, and I would love for my boys to embody all that you are.
0: I I for the most that. part,
1: except for like the piles of clothes you leave around on the floor, because I'm tired of picking. Yeah, those I, up. Yeah, I do have piles. I have one sitting right you now. You have next one to the now. Bill. You do a whole suitcase, but I appreciate <laughs> the fact that that you are this person, and I I lean on you. As their father to be that for them, because I know that there's going to come a point where now, okay the babies are kind of like all into mommy and me and they like to be cuddled and whatnot. But there's going to come a point where the boy needs his dad. And Jackson, I feel like is on that. He's in that that weird um, that weird age where he's kind of like spiraled away from me. And he's just like all about daddy. He's
0: daddy's boy right now. He's, he's 8 Yeah That's he's what I'm saying He's 9 He's eight, daddy's 8, like, like, And then he sports. might
1: float back my way Around 13, 14 When he starts smelling oh, nah. himself a little bit Oh no, he's definitely going to float back your way And Once then he's going to want an ally So that's why I tell Jackson Don't be trying to side-eye me When I'm crazy now and <laughs> <laughs> you want to come back to me When you and your father Ain't on the good terms When you're 13 and 14 years old well, Because he might be Trying to flex his muscles a little bit well, You know? Then, then
0: I'm going to need you To remember this conversation Okay When Jackson becomes a teenager and Uh it comes time where that discipline is going to have to be a lot harder. Right. Because this is the one thing that kills me about disciplining kids, right? These experts and all of these people write all of these books and all these things about how you're supposed to discipline kids, right? And here's the reality. They talk about disciplining kids who don't deal with the black experience, Mm -hmm. right? You You can't deal with corporal punishment. You shouldn't scream at them, blah, 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 blah. What kills me about that is my sons, when they walk out into the world, are not going to de- be dealt with the same way as every other normal kid that walks out into the world. Agreed. So I can't discipline them the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like when I was growing up, I, I remember asking my grandmother who grew up in South Carolina. She um she grew up in South Carolina, dealt with Jim Crow. My grandfather my grandfather dealt with Jim Crow, fought in the Korean War, dealt with racism, overseas while fighting for this country, right? I remember saying, like, Nana, like, why you always like, hit us with the water? Why we got to hit with the belt? Like, what's, like, why why you got to, like, beat us like slaves, right? And she made a very, very strong point. She said, when I was growing up, if you were a black boy and you stepped out online, line, you could die. And nobody would come to your defense. And I remember saying, like, what you mean uh, you could die? She was like, somebody could kill you somebody you step out of line you you're supposed to be somewhere you're not there someone can snatch you lynch you kill you so for her she like she parented with force because she was trying to protect her kids mm-hmm. and as often as people say well now we know better we got to do different times have changed times have not changed no oh,
1: no they're not that, that far much. gone people are they're still getting killed far. in history the street history is repeating itself you unfortunately know?
0: Yeah. mass incarceration is still huge in america and then when you think about the the Things that came out with Mike Bloomberg and what he said. We grew up in stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. I've been stopped and frisked. Absolutely, guess, this right was on my the life. Our, our on street. the corner of several our street, several times. I want to say, as an adult, as a full fledged, tax paying adult, I was stopped and frisk my stuff through on the floor. Yep. So for me, when people say to me, "Oh, well, we have to," you know, things have changed. They have not. So I'm going to parent my boys with that same ferocity as my parents and grandparents did because that's what made me who I am. That's what kept me safe in the streets. Yeah. Being alert, being aware, being respectful, understanding authority. You know what I'm saying? Always being on time, being where you're supposed to be. It's easy for some people to say, "Oh, you know, they'll learn. Boys will be boys, kids will be kids because your kids and your boys are given leeway." My boys may not be given the same leeway.
1: Facts about that. You can that. see
0: by the way we're punished mm-hmm. in the judicial system, mm-hmm. the criminal justice system. Like, I, and that's the reason why I, I parent so hard. Yeah. And I think you know, for you as a mom, you guys like you and your mom nurture, you absolutely, nurture, you nurture. But for well, me after as a dad in
1: the world, you want them to come to a safe place. So I, I would love. I want for that to be. there for them both. for sure. And, and the they, balance and is And they need important.
0: both. But I think you know, for people listening, Kadeem and I have had these conversations. Plenty of times, for sure. So when it comes time to making a decision on how we're going to parent our kids, we speak to each other first, and we give each other the why. Why is it important for you, Devault, to parent like this? Well, why is it important for you, to, Kadeem, to be nurturing? You want to know why it's important? Because when a kid gets, you know, a little bit of harsh love from his dad, it's good to run into your mom's arms and still know that home is a safe place. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. It's important for us to have different perspectives on how to parent. But if we share with each other... We can both parent these boys and give them the best of ourselves so they can go out in the world and be prepared. No, that
1: was a great point because I was going to ask you, like, what did you learn from, like, your parents when you think about your approach to discipline and parenting? So that, that actually goes back to your grandparents since you spent so much time with them, Yeah, you know, in the summertime. So that makes a whole lot of sense, and I can understand it, and that's why I've never really stepped in. And even when you do discipline them, for example, if you do feel like a timeout is necessary, you know, you put CADs in timeout. I make you go get Kaz out of timeout because I never wanna make it seem like he can oh, play both sides or they can it. That's just a huge say, rule. You know, we, we never do that either. It's yeah. like we don't we don't do the whole like daddy's gonna put you in timeout and then mommy's gonna come to the rescue. Because then that kind of forces the good cop, yes. bad cat to surface. Yes. So I always whoever started that discipline is gonna finish it off and then we'll end with that. a big hug. Because I'm, I'm glad you said that yeah, because it's that's important.
0: That's a, that's a rule that we made in our house. Whoever starts the discipline finishes the discipline. So if Kay Puts one of the kids in timeout. She's responsible for taking them out of timeout so that they get the completion of the discipline. They don't feel right. like one parent rescued them from the other. The same way, if if you start corporal punishment, you have to finish with a hug and a conversation. Right. Like that's that's one thing I think I've I've changed from my grandparents, and I got this from my parents. My father never hit me without an explanation. Mm-hmm. Growing up with my grandparents, they grew up where the children were to be seen and not heard. Right. So you got hit sometimes. You got beat. And then you couldn't even ask why, you wouldn't even be told why. And if you would ask why I get beat, or you ask you you talking back, my parents weren't like that. Right. My my parents disciplined me and they had tons of conversations. And I remember even some of my aunts and uncles would be like, You know what your problem is, Troy? You talk too much to them. That's why gonna, Deval talks yeah, back. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, because with the, even the with the attitude or the talking back, like where do we draw the line with children when we enable them and we want them to be or you encourage them to be vocal about right. how they feel, but it's not to a point where they feel like they can always have the last word. Right. Because we do a lot of have conversations with Jackson yes. too, but sometimes he will go back and forth with me as if this is some sparring match. Right. And I'm just like, what we're not going to do is you're going to go back and forth with me like you have to have the last word. Right. You know, so there's like a fine line between yeah. wanting them to be vocal and expressing how they feel but also knowing like a child needs to stay within their place.
0: Oh, definitely, a child definitely needs to stay in a child's place but I think there's a, a fine line between wanting an answer and mm-hmm. then getting the answer that you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes with children, they won't stop until they get the answer they want. And for me as a parent, it's like I'm giving you an answer. Once I've given you an answer, you take it.
1: And that's it. And that's
0: it. Right. And I'm not gonna not give you an answer. Cause the thing I used to hate the most when I was a kid was don't ask me no questions or because I said so.
1: <laughs> I used to get a lot because of Because I, I said, said so, so. <laughs> to me
0: was probably like the, the dumbest thing I ever heard of my mom. Oh,
1: life. and my mom used to just say no. And I'd be like, it's something simple as like, hey, can I go like next door and play with my friends? And she'll just say no. And i will be like, well, well, why no? Like, mm-hmm. why? I can't say yes to everything. You know, Fine. I have to say no sometimes. I can't say yes but to everything. You, and but I'm just you understand like,
0: why that is not all right. What?
1: But do and do Yeah, but then now I'm yeah. like, "Oh OMG.
0: The, the crazy thing and is, She though, is
1: again. She is me.
0: It, she, we become our parents. <laughs> yeah. We become our parents because something happens to you when you become a parent. And everything that you think you're going to do when you're not a parent changes because that person, that heartbeat that was inside of you is now out here with arms and legs and a face uh-huh. looking just like you. <laughs> right. Walking around in this tough, difficult world
1: It's funny because I was looking at um, On our sheet today It's talking about some stuff That came from um, some facts Mm -hmm. From Very Well Family There's four kinds of parenting styles And you can be any one Or combination of these So the one that you just said Literally was the authoritarian parenting So pretty much this person is famous for saying Because I said so When a child (laughs) questions the reason behind the rule They're not interested in negotiating And their focus is on obedience Right. So that's the very old school mentality at least I know our grandparents had. My mom, you know, my dad coming from the islands, it was like, it's kind of the same effect, very similar to your grandparents in the South. It's like, don't ask me any questions. That's what I said. Then there's the authoritative parent who invests time and energy into preventing behavior problems before they start. They also use positive discipline strategies to enforce good behavior like praise and reward systems. I could say we pull from that for sure.
0: Yeah, a little bit of that. A little
1: bit of that. Then there's the permissive parenting. They often only step in when there's a serious problem. They're quite forgiving and they adopt an attitude of kids will be kids. You do that a lot too. Like they're they're boys; they can jump around. They it can depends. jump around. When they do use consequences, they may not make those consequences stick. They might give privileges back if the child begs, or if they allow the child that's to get not me. out of time out early if he promises to be good.
0: That's not me. Actually,
1: yeah, no. That's, that's that's not me. At neither all. of us. We could probably scratch Mm-mm, that whole then one. You
0: can scratch that permissive. The whole
1: yeah, the permissive one, and then um, the uninvolved parenting. So uninvolved parents tend to have little knowledge of what their kids are doing. They tend to be... fear. Okay, so this is not us at all. No. So kids may not be receive much guidance, nurturing. Okay, yes. Yeah, so the uninvolved parent, that's definitely not us. Right. And Speaks I don't think herself. I know many parents like that. I want to say we're maybe around the authoritative. Authoritative. For sure. Authoritative. Um, you know. But
0: I, I can sometimes be an authoritarian at yeah. times because of the, the factors that I expressed. Right. I do fear that my kids will grow up at some point in their life. They may feel privileged because they're used to speak in their mind and not understand that if you speak your mind to the wrong person in this country, you can lose your life. That's absolutely true. I do true. fear that. And yes. sometimes my, I feel like you just need to be obedient right. and know when how to get out of a situation. Come get your dad and now we're going so to handle this So the importance is being able way. to
1: navigate that and to know yeah. when to say, you know what, I'm just going to stop talking. I don't need to have the last word.
0: Exactly. And
1: move forward after the, that.
0: The one thing that I've learned from my uncle Kevin who... 24 years on the police department. Oh, yes. He was as a, a detective. He was a
1: detective, right? right?
0: The first thing you need to do is get home. You can deal with everything else later. You get into a back and forth with a cop about respect and stuff like that, your ass may not get home. You have to get home. Once you get home, you get a badge number, you get a name. Let's deal with it accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to get home first. There's no need to talk about respect if you can't even get home. And, and I think that comes with learning how to be obedient and, and disciplined in a moment mm-hmm. so that you can make the right move you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying you have to make the right move in order to get your point across right and this is a, a, a 23 24 years in the police department he, he told me this yeah and that's the one thing I do worry about and it's sad that in 2020 I'm still thinking about the same things
1: right but that I, you do, were I do growing
0: up I, when I think about my boys that's what I fear. Right. I fear about them going to, to college and making a poor decision, and now their whole yeah. life is is ruined because they made a poor decision. It's true.
1: Or even some of those strong qualities that they do have. You know, I feel like all of our boys have these strong, independent qualities within themselves, yes. and they deal with things differently, and their processes may be different. Yes. But I like that all of them are vocal. Um, Kaz tends to right. be a little bit—he's well, a baby still, so we're still trying to figure out Kaz. But Kaz seems right. to have a little temper situation; he gets absolutely. upset. Um, you know, if, he, if even if he does something wrong, if he drops something, he gets mad at himself yes. and all that. But it's like some of those qualities that they have—I want them to be able to be vocal and speak up for themselves, absolutely, and, and just be able to, to engage in conversation with other people, adults, and whatnot. But just knowing when to scale back—there's always yeah. like that that fine line um, with it. But I think we we do a pretty good job. You know, it's funny. Watching um, you as a parent, you know, one of the questions we had today on the rundown was how it it um, affects our relationship or how it's changed our relationship, mm-hmm. you and I, watching the other person parent or watching the other person as a mom or a dad. Um has anything changed for you since I've become a mom? Thinking about me back then, or maybe me, me being a mom of multiple children now? Do you think anything has changed for you in terms of how you look at me, or is it kind of just?
0: Yeah, things things have changed because when you when you get married and you're in love with a person, you just think about that person as your. That's my partner, mm-hmm. you know. Like that's that's my partner. Her responsibility is. Me, my responsibility is her. Mm-hmm. You know, all of your ideas and thoughts and energy needs to go towards me because I'm putting the same energy into you. I literally sit back now and watch you put so much energy into three little people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I, I get I get it. Like, I, I get it. You know, like, I'm not the priority anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not. You know, we talk in relationships so often about how your partner still has to be a priority. I think that's okay when you're an empty nester, but we both have three little people who didn't right. ask to be here. They're here off of our guilty pleasures. So we owe it to them to make them the priority in these next eighteen years. Right. So ultimately it's changed because I've learned how not to be the priority.
1: Yeah. I mean that's difficult for you sometimes because I wanted I was as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, it sounds good that mm-hmm. they're the priority, but you definitely have your moments where you still need your wife. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's something that we also kind of are trying to work through also because Absolutely Yes, these children are here. Mm-hmm. It may seem like we have so much time with them. Right. But we don't. I forget what the saying says. It's like the nights are long, but the years are short, or something like that. And I mm-hmm. had seen that the other day and literally got all teary-eyed because I'm like, this is so true. Well, like Jackson's eight. He's eight. In like another decade, I think about it, we've been married a decade. In another decade, he'll be 18 years old. Yeah. Like, what?
0: In Nine years. I mean,
1: yeah, technically nine years. Half half
0: of his time he's going to spend with, he spent it already.
1: Oh, God, don't say that. Think about it, he'll be nine. nine. I know.
0: Nine years from now, he'll be graduated from high school and headed off to college if he chooses to do that.
1: I mean, though 18 is like adult, (laughs) what we claim to be adult now, but still.
0: Are you about to cry? I might. I see your eyes watering. Oh, he's such a sap. You are such I'm a just sap. I'm thinking
1: about them leaving the house. Sap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not ready, guys. You're not ready. Y'all gonna have to commit me. You're not yeah, ready. I'm they... not. But it's just, yeah, it's like it's but parenting, it's, it's so complex, and there's so many different layers. And, you know, I just feel fortunate. Like, I asked you the question, how... Looking at me, if you look mm-hmm. at me any differently as a as a as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, um, having kids, and mm-hmm. for me, when I look at you, it's funny. I hear a lot of women say that they fall even more in love with their spouse or mm-hmm. you know with their their child's father when they see them as a father. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're such a dynamic father like you are. I think it just mm-hmm. makes me love you that much more because I see how much you pour into oh, those children me all up. the time. Are oh, you
0: trying to butter me up? What is coming Shut around the corner? Let nothing. me see. Valentine's day comes. <laughs> Christmas pass
1: ha ha Something ha.
0: must be coming. Can I
1: not speak from the heart? you can no, but seriously, you like can. there's there's definitely value in that. and and I see that and I appreciate that. and it just makes me it, it reiterates to me that I feel like we both have made the right decision. So you at love least me more? when it, I absolutely do
0: think about how much you would love me if we had a girl. <laughs> think about that.
1: <laughs> can you snap your fingers and she if care? I gave
0: you a, a little Kadeem.
1: that would be interesting to see how it would be different. The it different would. dynamics.
0: I think the dynamics would be totally different. But Absolutely. I think it'd be great.
1: I think it'd be great, too, you know? for sure.
0: And I do I do love, have a different type of love for you now as the mother of my children. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 we, we have these conversations amongst my friends all the time. Like, my girlfriend... This for the record.
1: There it is. A win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story... It comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell.
0: You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind.
1: And this season... With the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Friend,
0: you know what I'm saying? My girlfriend don't mess with me and my girlfriend, I'll fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's my wife. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my wife. You know, I go to jail for my wife. (laughs) My, my, the mother of my children I'd die for the mother of my children Facts I would Like that's is that serious for me
1: No I hear you You know And, and like sure. I said
0: I don't mind not being a priority But I don't want to be forgotten either No
1: absolutely and not And that's we, that's where
0: that comes from Because we're, we're I can't we definitely
1: towing the line I with that I can't
0: forget you No You know what I'm saying Even though I got these stories, I can't forget you, you And know?
1: Bef- before the kids got here It was me and you bro Yeah me understand. and you buddy You feel me I'm a Sunflower <laughs> All right, so we talked parenting today. We're going to take a quick break and move into listener letters after we get into some ads. So stick around.
0: All right, guys, we're back to Kadine's favorite part
1: of the show. Oh, God. You act like that's in the script every time you say it every week. Triple, can we change that? No. Is it in the script that it says no. it's my favorite time?
0: Nosy Wednesdays. <laughs> Kadine. all right? All right,
1: guys. So go I'm going to read this
0: one first. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Question, Devalin and Kadeen. How do I co-parent with someone I do not like? Yikes. Ooh. My child is six months old. The father was not there for me during my extremely rough pregnancy. And since our son was born, he has moved closer to be with him. Although I am grateful for the help, I have resentment because our breakup was so bad and because he had me blocked the entire nine months I was pregnant. He largely contributed to my prenatal depression. How do I co-parent with him when I can't stand him and I feel like I'm not respected by him?
1: Ooh.
0: Well, here's a simple thing.
1: Thanks.
0: You guys' relationship has to be separated from his relationship as a dad. The one thing I'll say that I've seen people do is they take out all their resentment from the relationship and place it and use the child as a pawn. Mm -hmm. If he's a good father, you co-parent on those standards that he's a good father. Everything else you have to leave behind because, once again, that child did not ask to come here. Period. So, when don't don't include anything with the child. It has to do everything with co parent. Now, if he chooses to disrespect you in front of the child, you have to have a conversation with him about that. Yeah, but bringing that up won't the past, tolerated. bringing up the past and stuff that happened prior to the child being here. Sorry, hon, man, but I, but I feel like you just need to let that go right. and just co parent, let him be what he is, which is a dad. You be what you are, which is a mom, and y'all love that child equally.
1: Yeah, the separation is so real, like um, the co-parenting versus the the relationship. But I can understand where she's coming from as a woman who's been pregnant, having difficult pregnancies, and just, you know— having prenatal depression that can be a really rough and lonely time especially if that's someone who you both cl- like clearly created a child together your child's only 6 months part of it may be you dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression as well if probably. you had a difficult pregnancy not having the support from him because naturally you probably wanted the support from the child of your right. the, the father of your child. So you may have a little bit of a residual effect of that, um, that you're dealing with now too. But I kinda tend to agree with Deval in the sense. I'm like, you know, trying to separate the two I know is probably difficult. Yeah. And I know probably even just having the conversation sometimes to just, you know, decide on like Okay, you are you gonna pick up the pick up the kid on this day, or like what time are we gonna do that? Sometimes simple conversations cannot yeah. be that simple when you don't like someone. Right. And I've seen that from just other friends and family members that we've had, you know, dealing with, you know, having to co-parent. It's like sometimes you really just don't wanna have to pick up the phone to deal right. with this person. But for the betterment of the child, for the child to to grow up in a somewhat healthy environment on both sides, um, you know, try to see how you can just kind of put that aside and just kinda of deal with it because I know it's it's hard. Especially he blocked her <laughs> the entire he nine her. months and stuff. But, but this like, is the thing though. No. And if we she... don't know the backstory either about right. what happened with their breakup in their relationship. you right. know why he felt the need to do that.
0: Who knows? But but my thing is if she can find peace within herself and happiness within herself, it's not gonna matter what happened with them mm-hmm. pre prenatal. Because mm-hmm. if she can find that peace and happiness, her ability to co-parent will be the father's ability to be a great father with the son and that's all they need to co-parent True. so as long as she can find happiness so that's you know that's my advice to you alright don't worry about everything that happened in the past because you can't change it the past is the past take this time while trying to co-parent and and Create a peace and a space where you are happy within yourself. You'll find it easy to deal with a lot of people you don't fucking like because if you like yourself and you happy, them people could just kick rocks. <laughs> and that's not just for the, the father of your your child. That could be for your coworker, that could be for family, that could be for friends who have done you wrong. Once you find peace within yourself, dealing with people on a daily basis that you don't like becomes normal. It becomes regular. Cause you happy. Mm-hmm. So find happiness. Find happiness. Forget him. Don't worry about all the other bull. Find happiness so you could be a great mom and help him be a great dad.
1: Sounds good. I like that. Good way to end that. So I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. Unfortunately, both my daughters don't get along with their dad due to some issues we've had, and still some are ongoing. Due to my issues with him, my daughters have lost much respect for their father, and they won't communicate with him unless I'm around. Please help me figure out a way that my man and I can argue less in front of our girls.
0: Wow, see, this, this, man, this is, this is, this is. 13
1: and 10. So they, they all in it. They know exactly what's going on.
0: That's, that's. I mean, you 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 said it. Y'all have to argue less in front of your
1: Yeah, your from daughters. jump. That's like, one thing that we definitely try, especially at this age, 13 and 10. I mean, those girls are very well aware of what's yes. happening. And depending on what the nature of the conversations are, what you're arguing about, how you're arguing, how loud they are, if they get physical, I don't know. But they're at the age where they can... Technically at this point formulate their own opinion on
0: people, right? About
1: people. And that being done in front of them naturally is gonna make them disres- uh, you know, feel a lack of respect towards their father. So that just what, is kind of self explanatory, I feel.
0: But what you said really makes sense. They're ten and thirteen, they can form their own opinion, right? But at ten and thirteen, can you really form an educated opinion about what you're seeing? No. So for that being said, parents have to do a better job of Delegating time to where they could have those discussions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? And so, Without you know, the children without around. Without the children around. Like right. that's and that's pretty simple. It's
1: discretion. And, it's and, totally discretion.
0: But now she's asking how she can fix it, not what to do. You know, because you you it's hard to fix it by changing your behavior. Now I think you have to sit down with those girls and y'all need to have some family discussions yeah. and discuss what they've seen why they feel this way, and try to work through it through conversations. Right. Even because go I'll, to therapy.
1: I, I think so. I was going to say therapy, maybe having somebody intervene and speak with all four of them. Because also, too, sometimes what adults are going to be arguing about, children don't necessarily need to be privy to. Absolutely. Nor are they going to understand what's what exactly is transpiring between right. their mother and their father. So that doesn't necessarily need to be the conversation. But what they've witnessed— I think they should be able to speak about that they and how it makes that. them feel, because now it's putting a damper on the relationship with their dad. Right. And no, right. I don't think any child wants to see either parent disrespected in any right. circumstance or any light. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I might. I think it's worth having a sit down with them. I mean, they're old enough where you can probably have, you know, somewhat of a conversation with them without divulging too much, but also right. trying to get from them what they're feeling and what their 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 understanding from right. it, and then clarifying it from there. Yeah. You know, sounds like a plan. All right. Well,
0: if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. Moment of truth time. Moment of truth time.
0: So my moment of truth would be when dating, choose someone who not only you want to spend the rest of your life with, but who you want to create a life with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So... When you're thinking about who you want to be with, how much money they make, what religion they are, da-da-da, look at how they nurture the people around them. Mm. And use that as an example of how they're going to nurture your children if you decide to have kids. It'll make it easier at that point when you do have kids to work together through your differences of how to parent them together. So start it early. If 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 you're dating with a purpose, start looking at those things early.
1: Right. So, so it doesn't have to be something announced like, no. hey, Mm-mm. I'm looking to have kids one day. No. I'm just trying to but see you what's know. going on. But you but can you just know. tell. You can pick up. Yeah. So having that little, like, almost checklist in your mind, and yeah. you're just saying, okay, mm-hmm. okay, I can see you have this, you don't have that, you know,
0: blah, right. blah, blah. And it starts and, before the kids even get there. For sure. Picking that, picking that right person even starts before the kids.
1: For even. sure, for sure. Uh, I guess my moment of truth, as we spoke about different um, scenarios and stories with our children, mm-hmm. um, just being mindful about, my tone and the way mm. i interact with the children especially when it comes to disciplining so mm. making sure that i'm i'm doing the you know the tough mom thing but i'm also mm-hmm. nurturing at the same time right um I want to do a better job with that because I don't want to also drive a wedge between myself and my boys because they just feel like my mom is crazy and my mom's going to come down on me and all she makes me do is like extra work and read. Though I know they'll benefit from it later on in life, I don't want to lose that short span of years where I can get you know, that maximum time and, you know, ad- adoration from my boys that I, I know I want. Right. So just being able to make sure I'm just, like, towing the line between being the forceful disciplinarian but also being the nurturing mom as well. Um, and, Good and, cop and, and bad cop. Yeah, and watching my tone, because everyone claims that I, I say things a certain way, but I sound another I way. Tone, have I have a tone, I have a tone. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something with my voice. I don't know. <laughs> It it works for podcasting, but (laughs) people take that as me being forceful sometimes, but whatever, you know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, and just knowing that each child needs different things sometimes, you know, so not lumping them into like, these are the three kids and this is how we're going to parent, kind of style stepping towards their individual needs, I think is important as well. Uh, Absolutely. So many moments of truth that we can come up with when it comes to parenting, but we'll leave y'all with those for today. Thank you all so much for listening and be sure to follow us on social media. Kadeen, I am.
0: And I am DeVal.
1: And subscribe to Deadass on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review us, subscribe. Make sure you tell a new friend. season three underway. Deadass. Deadass. Deadass is a production of Stitcher.
0: We are produced by Jackie Sojico and Denora Pena.
1: Our executive producer, T-Square.
0: Our associate producers are Tribble and Kristen Torres.
1: Our chief content officer is Chris Bannon.
0: Our studio engineer and original music is by Brendan Burns.
1: And last but not least, we are mixed by Andy Christens.
0: We're back. I'm Drew McGarry.
1: And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called the Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcasts at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please.